and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. We're in a series. This is the final week of a series that we've called Faith Foundations. I hope this series has touched your heart. Um, But more than touch your heart, I hope it has encouraged you. I hope it has stretched you and I hope it has built up your faith. Last week, I talked to you about taking the first step. And I know some of you are taking steps of faith. And I'm inspired by that. And I heard some of your stories. But today, I want to tell you, no matter where you are on your faith journey, Beyond taking a first step, if we're going to see continued transformation in our faith, we can't just take one step of faith and call it good. We can't say, hey, I took one big step, now I'm good, and then we live our life. No, we have to continue to take steps. And I believe we have to be intentional about the steps and the commitments that we take. Why? So that our faith is continually strengthened. And so that our relationship with Jesus continues to grow. If you take one step of faith, and that's all you take, get this, you're going to become stagnant in your faith. But if we continue to take steps of faith, we will see the Lord do things in our life. One of the scriptures that is one of our key scriptures for our year, our year of transformation, is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. I want to read this to you today. In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah by faith. Listen to what it says here. Continue your journey of faith. I want you to look at somebody and say, continue. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say, continue. continue. Some of you didn't look at, some of you never even took your eyes off of whatever it is you're staring at, all right? Continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Listen, verse 7, your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you were continually infused with strength and encouraged in every way. For you are established in the faith. You have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. I want to read to you verse 7 again, but this time I want to read it to you from the Living Bible translation that says this. Let your roots go down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you, listen to this, go on growing. It's not just one step. We have to take continual steps to keep on growing. So see that you keep on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth that you were taught. What do these verses tell me? These verses tell me that once I say yes to Jesus, it doesn't stop there. That's where a lot of us We stop. Our big step of faith is we say yes to Jesus, and then we stay there. But listen to me. It takes more than one step. The journey isn't over when you say yes to Jesus. If you're going to be transformed, if you're going to become like him, you must continue to take steps. If you're going to stay sharp spiritually, you must continue to take steps. After a lot of years of following Jesus myself, And after 46 years on this planet, observing faithful and strong believers, I've noticed some steps that faithful Christ followers take. Notice that I said faithful Christ followers. Because I believe there's a lot of us who claim to know Jesus and we claim to be Christians and we claim to follow him. 
But man, you sometimes can't see it with our fruit, right? But there are some things I've noticed with faithful followers of Jesus, some steps that I've noticed over my years that they take, and I want to share these with you. But before I do today, I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in this room today stagnant in your faith, and as I look across the room, I can see people who the Lord just kind of just points you out and you have become stagnant in your faith. Or if you find yourself in this room today and you say, you know what, I'm lacking in my faith. Or if you're here and you say, I'm weak or I haven't even started this journey of faith, I want to tell you, pay attention to these steps that I believe the Lord has put in my heart for us today. I want to give you some steps, some tried and true steps. They're simple, but I want to give you today some tried and true steps that I believe if you want to become a personal, uh, come into a deep, personal, intimate relationship with the Lord, you need to take these steps, all right? And uh, if you find yourself stagnant or any of that, maybe one or more of these steps are something you need to take, all right? Hey, before we dive into it, let's pray. Father, I just come before you this morning, and I know that you are, you are in this room. And we are so thankful for that. May we never take it for granted when you show up. And we never take it for granted when you walk in the room because that's what it's all about. But Lord, I ask you today to minister in this room and touch hearts and touch lives. Speak clearly through me. Give us all ears to hear. In your name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Hey, before we go any further, let's welcome our online audience. Those that are watching online, we're honored to have you with us today. And uh, hope you are enjoying it. And I know many of you are staying home due to some COVID concerns for your family. We understand that. We can't wait for all of this to be out of here and us to be together back as a church family. But those of you that are out of state, we're honored to have you watching with us as well. Let me ask you guys a question today in the room, those watching online. How many parents do we have in the room? Raise your hand if you are a parent. Raise them high if you are a parent. Parents, let me talk to you real quick. Let me ask you guys a question. How many of you ever put your two-year-old to bed one night and the next morning they woke up and they were 21? Have you ever do that? I know it may feel that way. It may feel that way. I, I, I was thinking about that. I don't like this stage of parenting that I'm currently in. I have a 22-year-old daughter, Mariah, who has moved away to Virginia and I think that was sinful of them to do that. But anyway, no. But that bothers me. And then I have a 17-year-old son who is a senior in high school. And I have a 13-year-old son and a 7-year-old son. I'm thinking, where did my, where did my babies go? I enjoyed it much more when they were little and you had like terrible twos. You know, I... Let me, just, let me just kind of speak something too. I don't know, maybe I, this is, might be a little comical, but I think this is from the Lord. There's some of you moms that your kids are in a stage where you're thinking, I can't wait till they get out of this stage. Embrace the season you're in, okay? Because one of these days your kids are going to grow up and you're going to be wondering what happened. And that's kind of the phase, the stage that Tasha and I find ourselves in with our kids is they've grown up. But I want to tell you, no matter how fast it may seem, we know that physically a toddler never goes to bed as a toddler and wakes up the next morning as an adult, right? 
They have to go through them, some stages in life to become an adult. And in the same way, I want you to hear me, a strong, vibrant, mountain-moving faith doesn't happen overnight. You don't go to bed one night, weak in your faith, and wake up the next morning speaking to mountains and they move. It takes time. It takes some intentionality. It takes some effort. It takes some discipline. And I, I said it earlier, it takes some steps. And in my 46 years of being a Christian, I've observed, not my 46 years of being a Christian, my 46 years of life, I've been a Christian for about 40 of those. But my 46 years of being raised in church and in a pastor's home and all of that, I've, I've observed some tried and true steps that I, I think work to grow our faith. They're simple and they oftentimes get overlooked and we look for bigger and badder and better things. But I think if we'll just stay true to these six steps, we'll have mountain moving faith. I believe it. So let me share with you six steps. And what I want to do is we're going to take, we're going to move through five of them quickly. I want to spend the majority of my time on the last one, but let's talk about six steps to increase your faith. Number one, it's going to sound simple. And I know some of you are going to say, Pastor Chad, you say this one all the time, but until we get it, I'm going to keep preaching it, all right? Read your Bible daily. Everybody say a word, say daily. I don't just read my Bible when I need it. I don't just read my Bible when I go to church. If I want to have strong faith, I have to read my Bible daily. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor Chad, do I have to read my Bible daily? No, you don't. Well, you just said to read my Bible daily. Well, I don't have to do anything. That's one of the beautiful things about God is he doesn't force us to do anything. You can do what you want to do. But if you want to become more like Jesus, if you want to stop struggling with the same sin, if you want to move some mountains that are in your life, then get in the word. Read the Bible daily. If you want, listen, let me say it this way. If you want to be a strong follower of Jesus that is not tossed back and forth by every wind and every wave, you need to be in the word. Some of you, the reason you are tossed back and forth so easily is because you don't understand what the word says. The only time you get the word communicated to you is on Sunday and you get this big Bible in the sky and that's the only time you read it. But if you want to have strong mountain moving faith, you got to be in the word. Got to be in the word. We all know this to be true, but our deepest relationships with other people are relationships that we put time, effort, and energy into. You might be an acquaintance of me, but if we don't spend any time together, I don't know you. I might know your name, and I might know that you live in a certain town, but I don't know anything about you, right? And it's the same way in our relationship with God. Just because I go to church doesn't mean I know God. And so if I want to grow in my faith, I have to spend time with the Lord. And one of the ways I do that is through the word. And I don't believe we read it just once a day, once a week, uh, every couple of days. I think we need to have a daily routine where we spend time in the word of God. I can tell you from personal experience, when I'm in the word daily for myself, I grow in my faith. Simple. Number two, 
What I'm doing today is I just want to give you some tried and true steps to grow your faith. I think sometimes we think faith is this giant big thing. But remember last week we talked from Luke. The Bible tells us if we have faith as a mustard seed. So how do we get faith as a mustard seed? This is what I'm doing. I'm just giving you some simple steps. Faith isn't some big thing that was like, oh, it's like something we can't know. Faith is available to us. Well, how do we, how do we grow our faith? We got to take these simple tried and true steps, right? Number one, read your Bible daily. Number two, you got to talk with God about everything. Pray. Talk with God about everything. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Listen to what this says. Pray all the time. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. Hello? Listen what, listen what it says here. This is the way God wants you who belong. You know who that is? That's Christ followers. Let's, let's, this is the way God wants you who belong to be. He wants you to be in prayer. He wants you to talk to him. Pray all the time. If you are a Christ follower, listen to me, and you want your faith to grow, God tells us he wants us to pray. That's what the Bible tells us. If you're a Christ follower, God wants us to pray. And Philippians 4, 6 tells us, instead of entertaining all the anxious thoughts, the fearful thoughts, the thoughts of worry and doubt and entertaining those on a daily basis, let me tell you, which is the exact opposite of faith. Let me say this again. I don't think you guys got it. Philippians 4, 6, I'm going to read it in just a minute, but here's the gist of it. It tells us, Instead of entertaining the worry, the thoughts of worry, doubt, anxiety, fear that the majority of us entertain on every day, what if? And we play these scenarios over and over and over in our mind, and we get caught up with them. What if I die? What if this happens? What if that happens? And we worry, and we get anxious, and we get overwhelmed. All that is the exact opposite of faith. When we do that, it destroys our faith. But no, what the Bible tells us, instead of doing that, pray. That's what Philippians 4, 6 tells us. Instead of worrying, pray. Talk to God about everything. If you want your faith to grow, talk to God. You say, I, one of the things that baffled me, they told me one of the kids at camp this past summer, they were talking about prayer. And one of our kids looked at them and said, what's prayer? Well, number one, that's a reflection on us as a church. But number two, that's also a reflection on you as parents. We have to teach our kids to pray. Some people say, well, how do I pray? Prayer, just like faith, is not some big mystical thing where you have to say all these big eloquent words. You just talk to God like you're talking to a friend. That's how we pray. Talk to God like you would a friend giving you some tried and true simple steps I've noticed over the years. Maybe you have some different ones. Maybe yours are, are bigger than mine, but these, I'm a, I'm a simple person. Gotta, I got to spend time in the Word daily. I got to talk to God about everything. And number three, I got to serve faithfully. Serve faithfully. I know this may sound like a sneaky ploy, you know, to get more people serving, but that's simply not the case. I believe with all of my heart, if you want your faith to grow, listen to me, you've got to serve others. You can't be so selfish. Ephesians 4.16 tells us, listen, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And listen to this. And as each part, I'm going to just tell you today, when the scripture is talking about body parts, you are one of those body parts. You are a part of the body. 
Listen to it. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, and as each part does its own special work. Did you know that you have something to contribute? You. Every one of you, from the youngest in the room to the oldest in the room to those watching online, all of us have something to contribute to the body of Christ. All of us have something to contribute. And listen what it says. And as each part does its own special work, listen, it helps the other parts grow. Why do we want to serve faithfully? Because I believe when we serve faithfully, it grows my faith, but it also helps other people grow. The only growth that, happen, that happens in your life shouldn't be from what comes from me. We should grow because the body of Christ is contributing and helping each other grow. You do your part, you might help your spouse grow. You do your part, you might help a kid in this church grow. As all of us do our part, the body grows. Listen, so that the body is healthy. Listen to me. The body of Christ can't be healthy when you're not doing your part. You say, Pastor, that's pretty big and that's pretty bold. That's what the Bible tells us. I believe when all of us do what we've been gifted and equipped and called to do, it helps the body of Christ grow. That's what the Bible tells us. And when we serve, when we are generous with our time and our talent, I believe it not only helps other people experience God's love, one of the things I think, it gives us the opportunity to see what God can do through us. And when you see God moving through you, it increases your faith. Increases our faith. So I challenge you, if you want your faith to grow, or if you're here today and your faith is stagnant, and you aren't serving, listen to me, I'm, I just want to say something. I can tell when people are struggling in their faith. I've been in church my whole life. And I can tell when people are struggling in their faith or getting discontent in a church. Faithfulness in attending church begins to disappear and they stop serving and they stop giving. Every time. Every time. You want your faith to remain strong and sharp, continue to serve. But Pastor Chad, I'm busy. Well, listen, you need to get rid of some things that are maybe on your schedule so you can be a part of the body of Christ because we are not healthy until everybody's doing their part. You can throw things at me, but that's the word. That's what it says. Fourth thing I've noticed, all right? People that are strong in their faith, for the most part, I just talked about generous with time and talent, serving, but I also believe they're generous in giving financially. Generous and giving financially. One of the best ways that you can show that your faith is growing is through your pocketbook. Listen to me. We want to trust God. Here's the deal. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, we want to trust God with our eternity. But we can't trust him with our dollars. That doesn't even make sense. I want to trust him with something that I can't see. But I'm not going to trust him with something that I can see. I believe if you're going to grow in your faith, you've got to trust God with your pocketbook. It's scriptural. It's in the word. I believe one of the greatest ways that we can show that we are trusting God in all of our life, in our family, in our health, in our eternity is through our pocketbook. 
And again, you can, you can throw things and you can be mad and you can not like this, but I'm, I'm, this isn't a message to get money. I want your faith to grow. God supplies all my needs. I don't need you to supply my needs. You can never give to this church and God's going to meet the need. So listen to me. I can preach this message freely and know that I'm not throwing anything at anybody. I want your faith to grow. I want us to have men and women who move mountains with their faith. If I can be 100% honest with you, I want you to get to a place where your faith doesn't need me. You come because you're a part of this family but you don't have to come so you can get your shot or your inoculation or your, or your pick-me-up for the week. I want your faith to be so strong that when you have a mountain stand in front of you during the middle of the week, you can move that mountain without the help of Pastor Chad. That's my job as your pastor, as your shepherd. I want to get you to the place where you're growing in your own faith. And one of the ways that we can show God that we are trusting him is in our pocketbooks. And if we want to be real honest, it's the number 10%. That's where it starts, 10%. I, I, I was reading this week of a pastor of, a, of another church, and he, he's come to the place where he's giving 90%. I was like, holy cow, how would I love to do that? But man, let's don't worry about 90. Let's just start with 10, all right? Throw stuff if you want to. If you don't like it, come talk to me afterwards, all right? I'm stunned by what I believe. And number, and number five, if you want your faith to grow sharp, number five, remember, the, I'm just giving you some things that I've observed strong followers of Jesus doing, okay? Number five, if you want your faith to grow, you need to share your faith. Evangelism. You need to talk to others about Jesus. If all you're doing is keeping your Christianity to yourself, you're falling short. You need to share your faith. And I know, listen to me, I know that in the world we live in, Sharing our faith can be scary and it can be stressful. When I was a kid, I was scared to share my faith, but man, I would much rather go back to those days of sharing my faith than trying to share it today. Because if you want to share your faith and if you want to tell people you're a Christian today, man, you can be labeled all kinds of things. You can be labeled a religious nut. You can be labeled as judgmental and harsh. You can be labeled as out of touch with reality. And we could sit here and talk about all the things that some of you have been called by telling somebody you're a Christian or by trying to share your faith. And I get it today. None of us want to be labeled. None of us want to have people talk poorly of us. None of us want to be rejected. But listen to me, when I say share your faith, let me just talk to this for just a minute. And I'm going to actually share something at the end of today's message that's on my heart. But when I say, say share your faith, I'm not talking about political opinions. I don't know when and where it happened that we combined politics and faith. And let me tell you, they are, they are not together. My faith is not linked to my politicians. My faith is linked to my Father in heaven and not what my government can do for me. And some of you, you sit there and you want to tell people you are a Christian and you want to share your faith. No, you want to share your political opinions. I don't care if you're conservative or liberal. That has nothing to do with sharing your faith. Okay? You all right with this? You okay with this teaching today? When I say share your faith today, I'm not saying be religious. I'm not saying be judgmental. And I'm not saying be political. I'm saying, here's what I'm saying when I say share your faith. I'm saying, tell people about Jesus. Tell people about his love. Tell them what he's done for you. And then let him do the rest. That's how we share our faith. 
That's how we share our faith. Let me say it again. Tell people about Jesus. Tell them about his love because his love washes away a multitude of sins. And it's his love that changes us. It's his love that should be at the forefront of all that we do. The problem is we're not pushing his love, we're pushing our opinions. And when you push your opinions, you're pushing people away. So if you want to share your faith, tell people about Jesus, tell people about his love, and then tell them the best story of all. Tell them what he's done in your life. Is that all right? Can we preach on that today? And then number six, just giving you some tried and true steps that I believe help us keep our faith strong. Number six, and I close with this one, but this is where I want to spend just a couple minutes extra. You need to stay connected to the community of faith. What do I mean by stay connected to the community of faith? Stay connected to the body of Christ. Pastor Chad, I don't even know what that means. Stay connected to the church. Can you be a follower of Jesus all by yourself? I believe you can. But I believe it's going to be much more difficult. I believe it's going to be much more difficult. Because I believe the Bible tells us we are better together. That's what the word says. Not those exact words, but that's what tells us. Remember what we read in Ephesians 4.16. As each part does its work, the whole body grows and becomes healthy. We're better together. We'll look at Ecclesiastes 4.12. By yourself, you're un- this won't be on the screen, so you're going to have to go Google this one or look it up yourself. Ecclesiastes 4.12. By yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. We're better together. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Hello. I've said this many times here at Destiny Church, and I'll continue to say it, but I believe this now more than ever before, we are not created to do life on our own. We were created to be in relationship with Him and with others, horizontal, vertical, all of it. And I know I did that backwards, but it's all right. We were created to be in relationship with God and with others. And I believe the church, the body of Christ, is where God uses us to build these relationships. I believe we need the church. I believe we need each other. And we see this lived out in the New Testament church in the book of Acts. We see this. They lived together. They did life together. And we see this very, very vividly. And I want to read this to you, Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 5 from the message translation. I want you to see this. Again, it's talking about the parts. Listen, we are like the various parts of a human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. Meaning you don't get this when you're all by yourself. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. Listen, but as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to much, would we? I think the message that we see in the New Testament church of Acts and the message we see here in Romans chapter 12 is critical because sadly, I believe we have a generation of people with chopped off fingers and cut off toes walking around. And sadly, the world is telling us and even the church is telling us today that you don't have to be a part of the body of Christ to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And please hear me, those who are watching online, I'm not throwing stones or pointing fingers but in the world we live in today we want to watch from a distance and if you have COVID concerns please hear me I'm not speaking against that I get it I've got friends and family that have had it in a horrible way and so I'm not downplaying that any at all 
but I want you to hear me. We're stronger together in the room, not watching on television. We're stronger together. But we have a generation of people that are being told, you don't need the church, you don't need the body of Christ to be a Christian. I couldn't disagree more. We need each other. You need me, I need you. You need us. You need this house. I'm telling you, watch your Christian walk. When you find yourself not faithfully in church, I promise your faith is not as strong. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Everybody I've ever watched and observed, when they're faithfully in church, their faith gets stronger and their Christian walk gets stronger. But the moment they start backing away from church, they find themselves struggling. We need each other. We were designed to be this way. We need each other. Let me share something with you as I close. How many of you have ever been to the Redwood Forest in California? Raise your hand. Redwood Forest, California. Matt, you can show these pictures. There are going to be a few of these pictures that are going to loop behind us. But I visited here when I was a kid with my family. I want to take my family here one of these days, but these trees are incredible. They're so tall, so enormous, so wide. You're going to see a picture of one of these in just a moment. Some of these trees you can actually drive your car through. It's just, I remember going through it as a kid. I remember, now maybe you can't drive the giant vehicles we drive today through some of these. I don't know, but I want you to see this. I, I want this, to see this last picture here of, look at that. You can drive your car through these trees, all right? Let's pause it right there. You would think that trees that are this large and this big would have an enormously deep and complicated root system, Right? Because in most cases, the depth of the root determines the size of the tree, right? Well, the redwoods, this is not the case. Their roots are relatively shallow. Show a picture of this. Show this next, next picture. Their roots aren't necessarily deep. Their roots are necessarily shallow. And you can look this up. What allows the redwoods to grow to the size they are is that their roots are connected. Their roots are connected. It's impossible to tell where the root of one tree starts and another tree ends. The trees are connected. The size of these trees and the magnitude of these trees is because they are drawing, listen to me, they're drawing life from the others around them. The reason the redwood trees can be the size they are, listen to me, they're drawing life from the other trees around them. And today I'm telling you, if you want your faith to grow, you need me. I need you. You need each other. If you dissect the early church, let's just let's let's get away from even the early church. I dissect healthy ministries. If you dissect any healthy ministry, you'll find that one of the reasons these churches are healthy or one of the reasons the New Testament church was healthy healthy, and they continued to grow is they were connected, they were united, they did life together, and their roots ran together. And I truly believe for Destiny Church to become the church that we all desire, for us to become the church that God desires, there has to be some commonality between us and the New Testament church. 
our roots need to run together. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me slash give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.